Hello and welcome to episode number five of The Locker Room Files. I'm Claire Louise Vermonde, your LRF podcast host. Well, it's been a hectic couple of weeks for me in amongst work and training and podcasting, as well as constant bouts of asthma. I've been gearing up to move home. So I'll technically no longer be the new farm girl, but I'll still be close enough that it will just make do. And on that note, don't forget you can follow me on Instagram at the new farm girl or at locker underscore room underscore files. And you can also subscribe to my blog at www.lockerroomfiles.com.au or subscribe to the podcast directly through anywhere that you listen to me. I'm really excited to bring you this latest interview featuring Jamie Simmons. Jamie is not just a world-class age group triathlete that I have been fortunate enough to interview. He is also a personal friend of mine. As Jamie has been refining his preparation for the ITU World Triathlon Grand Final at the end of this month, it has been both fun and testing for me personally to train alongside him for the swim component for the past few months. I've been given first-hand access to his processes and have been given a glimpse of what is required of an athlete of this level, who also has family and work commitments to attend to. Jamie and I met two years ago when we were assigned to each other as mentor and mentee guinea pigs for the company we both worked for. I don't even think it took one session to know that work would take a backseat to our discussions and our friendship would evolve based on our mutual interest in sport. It was Jamie who really has been the catalyst for me getting back into swimming some 15 years plus after I had stopped. And this year we completed a 10 kilometer ocean swim together, something I never thought I'd do. And let me tell you, if it wasn't for Jamie yelling at me to keep going after the second lap, I surely wouldn't have finished. Because when Jamie yells at you, you do as you're told. In all seriousness though, it's hard not to get carried away with his passion for triathlon even when that leads you to continuously swimming for four hours. Okay, okay, well, we may have stopped for food along the way, but that's another passion of Jamie's that I totally admire. I spoke with Jamie at his home in Sanford Valley, just outside of Brisbane, where a crow and Kevin the chicken make special guest appearances. So let's get into it. I hope you enjoy. Is this how we do? This is how we do. It's not very um, high tech. That's all right. Even better. <laughs> you, uh, you know, I'm, technology is very important to me. Very into That's high tech. That's true. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Don't you have to like press go or anything? It's it's going. Oh, okay. Right. I'll cut this out. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> okay. Do you need to speak into this, or do I need? Or it goes from it? both sides. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. The all little right. things on the back. Cool. All right. Yeah, we're ready. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so, how's your prep going for ITU Worlds in Switzerland? Uh, good. Good. I've been doing actually a fair bit. Probably is most training I've done in quite a few years. Okay. Probably not acting my age. I probably should, you know, start to act like an over forty athlete, but. Um, it's good, and I got some good people to train with at the moment, so that's been really helpful. Very, oh, who's that? <laughs> well, I'm not naming any names. I don't want to plug anybody here, but yes, Claire so, may put me in the hurt locker today. So thank you, Claire. <laughs> Can you go into a bit of the training that you're doing? Sure. 
So this year is a little bit different for me. I decided, so I grew up as a runner, and I sort of decided to get back to running a lot more. So this this prep, I've just really focused on running a lot, and mm-hmm. and then swimming second, and then cycling third. And it's been good because, uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of workouts that I used to do as a kid um, that I haven't done well, probably since the nineties, but, uh, <laughs> so it's been really good. And my, my running mileage is, is, is high as it's been. And yeah, well, well over a decade. Okay. Um, and it's good. It's good. And I don't have any major injuries or anything like that to speak of, which is good. I was a little worried that my body wouldn't hold up with the additional mileage, but it's been good. Um, and then I've been swimming a fair bit, which is good. I usually don't like to swim particularly over the winter, but, um, it's been good. Yeah. So when you talk about your running mileage, so you're doing distance, but what yeah. are the times like for you now compared to when you were a runner? Well, when I was just a pure runner, I used to run, I'll, I'll say it in Ks, but it was always miles back when I was growing up. But um, I used to run about 100 miles a week, which is about 160 Ks a week. And the this build-up phase I've gotten up to 80 k's a week so about half of what I used to do overall but that 80 k's a week is probably as much as I've ever done as a triathlete really okay um, when I was a runner I did yeah about twice as much but <clears throat> since I've been a triathlete I would rarely have gotten up over 80 k's a week so this is in terms of total mileage this is as much as I've done in a long time um, and I do s- spend I, I do about two days of speed work a week and then sort of a long, long run, long hard run on the weekends, um, which has been good. But I've, I've also shifted it up a bit. I'm doing sort of block training, which I never used to do as a kid or, or as a runner. You just kind of go. Um, but I do sort of a two week hard run, you know, two hard run weeks and then sort of an easier run week. And then I try to focus on the swimming during that, that sort of off week. Okay. So I'm kind of trying to do it like that. So there's a little bit more more rest built into it than I would have back in the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you starting to think now? So we're about six weeks out from yeah. Worlds. Yeah. Are you starting to think about like a game plan for the race or is that still too far out? Yeah. Well, I guess I always think about it, you know, like whenever you have a race in mind, I can't help but always just think about what what happens and what I want to focus on. Um, so I, I suppose I always kind of think about it, but now that I'm starting to understand where my fitness is and, and what I'm capable of, I start to think more about how to play out in the race. But it is a technical sort of hilly bike, mm. so which I'm not really used to. So I'm trying to think through that a little bit more and okay. make sure I can, my old legs can handle a harder bike. Yeah. I'm sure they will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I imagine I'll make it home, but it, it could be a very painful, uh, painful, painful day. Do you try to analyze everything going into it or are you do you try to just take it as it comes? Well, probably a bit of both. I think when I was younger, I used to do a lot of that visualization and sort of step through a race. But I used to do a lot of track racing, so it's not like, you know, you got to visualize a hell of a lot. It's, you know, 400 meter lap, so it's not <laughs> like you have to take in the the world, but um just about tactics and things, but these days, I, particularly in triathlon, you really, it's, it's hard to race people sometimes because it's all kind of a mess and different people are stronger and different legs. So I just try to 
kind of have a bit of a game plan going in and then just be flexible as to what happens on the day. And if, if there happens to be a guy close to me in the swim and I'm swimming hard and he starts to pull away, I might try to swim a little bit harder just to stay with him. Or, uh, you know, if I'm in a pack and the pack's just poking along in the swim, then maybe I'll just poke along. So I kind of just sort of adapt on the day. Okay. But at the end of it, you know, because the run is probably my strength, I pretty much just go hell for leather on the run regardless and just yeah. kind of go. I don't really have a lot of tactics in running other than just kind of go out and try to be the last guy to die. That's kind of <laughs> how I always did it. Good plan. <laughs> I'm not sure it's the smartest plan, but it's kind of <laughs> how I roll. Yeah. Okay. Does that work out for you usually? Well, sometimes, but when it doesn't work out, it really doesn't work out. So, okay. you know, it's a bit of a crapshoot. So, yeah. And what are your goals for Worlds? Well, it's always kind of hard in terms of a placing because you just don't know who sort of rocks up. But yeah, I just want to just feel good about my training going into it, uh, which I am. I'm feeling pretty good. And just, you know, try to just feel good about the race, you know, and if, you know, whatever place I come in, as long as I've felt like I've raced really well, mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't matter too much to me. I mean, these days I'm kind of too old to get pissed off and, you know, throw my running shoes at somebody because I'm angry because I lost. So uh, <laughs> those days are behind me. I, well, I guess I never really had those days. Really? I can't remember throwing a shoe at an opponent, but <laughs> it may have happened once or twice. But Seems I, like you've dug that up from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been somebody else that I'm thinking of. Uh, no, I rarely throw stuff at opponents. Yeah, that's good to yeah, hear. Good. Um, so last year you raced Worlds on the Gold Coast. Yeah, and you finished fourth and fifth. Yeah. So fourth was sprint. In the, yep, the sprint distance and fifth in the uh, well standard distance they call it now. So what's the difference um, leading up to Worlds this year for you compared to last year? Well, I guess personally, I've tried to focus a bit more on the swimming and the running, mm-hmm. a little bit less on the cycling. Last season, because it's kind of cold, and I know I'm going to sound like a wimp, but because I grew up in freezing cold weather, but you know, Brisbane winters get kind of chilly at 5 a.m. And last year I was trying to ride hard at 5 a.m. in the dark and it sucked. And your expectations of what you should be doing never match up with what you actually do because it's so damn cold and your fingers are cold and everything's numb and you're like, this sucks. So this year I sort of taken out the expectations on that stuff and just I, I haven't been working out hard in the mornings. I've been trying to run in the evenings and the cycling. I've been doing a lot of ergo sets at home. Yeah. Um, so I've just tried to manage my expectations. So this year, I'm approaching it a lot differently, and I think it's working out pretty well. And last last year, I probably the swim let me down a little bit. So this year, I'm just trying to swim in what a way? More. Uh, you know, just not quite up as far as I needed to be. And once I get caught back a little bit, I've got to work pretty hard to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year, I, you know. I'd get out of the water. I don't remember what place I got out of the water in the races, but I'd had I had to move up a lot of places through the bike and the run, which is normal for me. But I think this year I'm going to try to come out of the water a little bit further up and maybe be towards the front so okay. that I don't have to get my ass kicked in the you know, kick my well. I guess I'm kicking my own ass uh, <laughs> in the bike and the run. But yeah, what was it like racing on home soil for worlds? It was really good. It was really good. And I had 
my my parents came over from the states yeah. uh, to watch um and had some friends there to watch which was really good and it's a course that I'd done a number of times before and I kind of knew what to expect so it was it was good it was really nice um and you don't have to stuff around packing a bike and all that crap sort of rock up to a hotel that I've stayed at before and kind of know what to expect so it's just a lot easier this this year going to Switzerland is going to be a lot more effort than that so and so it's been a year since Worlds on the Gold Coast yeah so have you well you've had time to reflect on your results there yeah what are your thoughts on the fourth and the fifth and has it changed over that year no, you know, I was... Uh, sorry, that's our chickens. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, um, uh, yeah you know, I, I guess it these days at it, it my age, you know, I'm still quite competitive, but more competitive with myself. And, and I mm-hmm. felt like I, I, my training and my race reflected how well I was training and I was quite happy with it. Um, in terms of the placing... I probably don't think about placing much these days. You know, I suppose if I were to win or podium, that'd be nice. You know, of mm-hmm. course, I got fourth, which is, is kind of crappy, really. I mean, let's let's be honest. Fourth <laughs> place sucks, but but you know, it doesn't bother me much these days. Yeah. Um, do I think I can? I, I think I'll probably be fitter this time around than last year. I think I'll be faster this time around than last year. But you know, the placing just sort of come along you know i'm not yeah. not too not too fussed either way i'd love to win but yeah um if i come in 15th and i still felt like i did the best i could that's that's fine i mean i guess it is such an individual sport but do you look at your time and your time alone or do you look at your competitors yeah i always look at my competitors i suppose <laughs> <I> can't <laughs> can't take that out of me but it is a and i guess in some ways you know, when I was just a runner and you'd run on the track and you'd race on the track, you could compare every other runner in the world mm. to, to you. And that's good in one regard, but it's also hard because your expectations are high, you know, and you see, oh, that guy beat him before and now he's running three seconds faster than me on the track. You know, it kind of eats away at you a bit, whereas triathlon, you know, there's so much positive to take out of it, you know? So, yeah. okay, you might've lost to somebody that you didn't want to lose to, but geez, my run was a minute faster than I thought it would be, or I'm swimming better, or, you know? So triathlon, it's a little bit easier to take positives out of, which sure. is nice. I think if I stuck to running and never moved to triathlon, I would probably have, you know, gotten pissed off at myself a lot more over the past 20 years than <laughs> to a triathlon. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, you always... I guess, you know, you can't take that out. I'm a competitive person, I suppose, not not in a, you know, sort of angry way, uh, but, um, yeah. I beg to differ. <laughs> well, I do yell at you sometimes, Claire, but that's different. That's different. Um, yeah, but so you can't take that completely away, but you try to look at the positives, and if someone beats me who um, I usually beat and I have a good day, you know, pat on the back and they've done well. And mm. I guess at, at my age too, you know, I've been racing these guys for years and we know each other pretty well and we have a good laugh at the end anyways. And, you know. That's nice. Yeah, it's it's good. It's yeah. not it's not like racing when you're 20 and you're 
and you're really fighting for every every second. It's now we're just old guys and end up talking about your kids or some other stupid ass <laughs> thing like that. <laughs> different, different life perspective. Different, yeah, different life perspective. That's nice. Mm, yeah. What about mental preparation? Because, I mean, <clears throat> I don't, I don't want to be too rude, but yeah. I've been doing it for a while. Yeah. Just a few years. That's, that's not too. It's a little bit rude. Claire. I'll be honest. I'm a little bit upset. But well, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you'll deal with I'll it. I'll deal with it. I'll, I'll cope. I'll cope. But well, does that come into it a lot, or not really? Because you, you know, you it said. does. But I suppose. I mean, like you said, I've been doing it a long time, and experience just has a way of. Yeah, I mean, preparation. It's just the same routine. It's the same thing, and so I don't. You know, back when I was younger, the ups and downs of running, Mm. you know, the highs were high and the lows were low. These days, it's a little, you know, there's still the wave, but it's it's much, what do you call that? Frequency or amplitude, whatever. Yeah. You're scientific, aren't you, Claire? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, the little waves are a bit smoother and, um, you know, you, you try not to sort of overcook things, but there's definitely mental preparation that goes into it it's just you kind of know what works for you yeah um and what do you do well a lot of what i do is like when i'm training i think about it and i think about where i want to extend myself and and i know my fitness level and i start to think about okay well how do i want to race what sort of pace do i want to go and just make sure i'm confident in what i need to do i suppose you know um i don't get too anxious anymore i don't and i suppose my performance is again that wave thing you know back when i was younger i'd have a great race and then i'd have a terrible race i don't have a lot of terrible races anymore and Mm -hmm. i don't have a lot of breakthrough races either you know i kind of know within a band of a minute or two where i'm gonna land usually sometimes i surprise myself sometimes good sometimes bad but uh most of the time i kind of know where i'm gonna go and experience i think just helps with that you know and you would, see i guess you see it in elite athletes that yeah once they gain experience over a certain period that preparation just becomes you know cookie cutter type preparation and you know they they know they'll operate within a tight band of performance and it just sort of happens that would be really nice just to know how you're gonna perform <laughs> right from the get-go yeah. well it's kind of good and bad because you never, and I, you know, when you're younger, there's a bit of mystery with, you know, is this my day that I'm going to totally kick ass? Yeah, true. And you, if you're positive, if you have, and I was always, you know, fairly positive kid, you open your brain up to, you know, endless possibilities mm. and you say, this day I might break my PB by 30 seconds, you know? Yeah. Which most people would say, don't be stupid, you know, let's go for five seconds. But when you're a kid, you, you can do that. You know, as you get older and you have that experience, your ability to break out of that mold, I think, becomes a little bit harder. Yeah. So I'm more consistent, but the magic isn't always there. Sure. You know, you get less magic. Well, so I've known you for a couple of years and I haven't seen you lose too many races. That's because I picked my races very carefully, Claire. Well, there was that one time at Park Run. Yeah, that came. pissed me off. I did not, I thought that kid was going to die, and he did die. So I was just smiling, throwing out high fives, and 
he ran me down. Yeah. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah. Can you cut that out? Can no, you cut that out of the? Yeah. I can't. <laughs> but he's going on to the Olympics for sure, that kid. I know it. Definitely not. I know it. He's a future Olympian. He only does park run. <laughs> but like in all seriousness, you never seem to... Like, it's sort of, like, almost a bit blasé. Like, okay, yeah, I've won nationals. Like, let's go get a burger. But on the inside, are you kind of chuffed? Or is it just that you're just at that point in life well, now? I, you know, I, I guess to be honest, I like doing that. And I suppose I'm, I'm proud of it. But there's just so much in life, you know. And, and I think uh, probably when I was younger, and I think probably a lot of – so I was – you know, I wasn't going to make the Olympics, but I was a good, you know, I was a pretty good runner. And um, you build up these expectations in your head of what you want to do and where you want to be and times you want to run. And when you don't achieve that, it can be uh, devastating, mm. you know, and you see it. I mean, you interview a lot of <clears throat> younger athletes and they'd probably say the same that, you know, if you prepare for months and months for an event and then you just suck mm. it takes away your self-worth yeah you know and it makes you feel like what am I doing yeah. you know and it, and it makes you feel like I can't do this I can't I can't do you know I trained for this for six months and I screwed it up how am I gonna get a job how am I gonna you know buy a house or mm. how am I you know so your whole self-worth follows your race schedule and that yeah. kind of sucks and I sort of learned at a young age that you can't do that. So I like to win and I like to go out and race hard and, and do well. But I probably am really careful of not getting too high because I don't want to get too low either. You know, I mean, yeah. I've got a career and family and friends and all that. They're counting on me to do other stuff and really don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> whether I win or not. So. Yeah. You know, if you have a bad race, you got to, you know, your son comes up to you and says, hey, great race, Dad. And I don't want to be like, shut up, kid. That sucked. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you want to keep a balance. So, yeah. And, and I think that's probably a message for, you know, a younger Jamie to, to sort of, you know, I probably didn't follow that as well as I should have It's at times. Yeah. I was probably pretty good, but not, uh, yeah, probably should have done a little bit better on that maybe back in the day. But that's, well, you live and learn. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. I think something interesting that we both talked about, so we did the 10K swim together. Yeah. And I'd said to you afterwards that emotionally and mentally I just crashed and burned a couple of days after. And yeah. Like, like, why? We just, it wasn't a race. We just did it for fun and there was no pressure. But you'd said to me that you kind of get the same thing after races. Sure. What? is going through your mind when that happens and what do you do to get back out of it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like anything, you know, once you race well or if you're into something else, uh, you know, if you're into, I don't know, art and you make a really kick-ass painting or something and, Mm. you know, whatever it is that's your jam, um, you do well at that, you kind of know that, well, you know what, tomorrow is just not going to be as cool as today was because, you know, how am I going to back that up? So you do always have that kind of down, down time, but, and I don't have any sort of magic formula for, for that, but the more diverse your lifestyle is and, and the more 
diverse your training is and the more friends and family that you have around you, the more it sort of gets you out of that, that sort of post-competition funk, I guess. And, you know, you have to work on it. You know, it's, it's something that, you know, you have to believe in yourself enough to say, hey, I did really well. You yeah. know, that's a great thing. And if I never, I never race again, well, hey, you know, I can deal with that and live with that. But, or just find something that diverts your attention. I remember, this is going to sound really stupid, but <laughs> I remember a time in high school where I was in good shape and um, I ran a race and I just totally sucked. Like, I totally sucked. And, you know, it was a big race and I was, oh, this was going to be a break. I was going to do well. And I sucked. And I went home and I remember I was just devastated, like totally devastated. And, and I remember this, yeah, this is stupid. I actually went home and I started thinking, what am I going to do? And I actually built a toothpick bridge. <laughs> yeah, a, br- a little bridge out of toothpicks. So and I remember, because yeah, my brother had to do it for like a science project. I'm like, I need something to sort of pick me up. And I just remember <laughs> sitting there, I got a couple boxes of toothpicks and made this little bridge and had the little trust thing happen. I thought it was a pretty, pretty bloody good bridge. I remember, <laughs> you know, my dad had come in and he was like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, dad, I'm just, I'm in a funk. I'm going to, I'm going to build this toothpick bridge and it's going to be the best toothpick bridge ever. And he looked at me, you know, yeah, whatever. That's pretty stupid. But I think <laughs> the idea was really, and, and I didn't consciously think this, I think it was just, I got to a point where I needed to do something that made me feel a little bit better, you know, and sort of said, you know, yeah, I sucked at running, but I just made the best toothpick bridge ever. Um, So take that, you know. There'd be a bit of like mindfulness in that as well anyway, like just concentrating on the bridge and not thinking about the race. I think that's kind of what happened. And and I I don't ever remember why I chose a toothpick bridge or whether there was any conscious thinking, but I've just always remembered that, there was something in me that said, all right, Jamie, you need to forget about running for a couple of days and focus on something that, that you know, you can do. I don't know why I do the bridge, but, um, <laughs> and that's, you know, I guess how you can kind of deal with it. Make sure you're not a one trick pony, you know, make sure you got something else to go to. And a lot of people have family and friends that can do that, or they're good at something else or, you know, go mow the lawn. I don't know what, but something to kind of get you out of that important something positive okay so let's go back like 80 years to your childhood oh yes okay. <laughs> yeah no when did you go from running to triathlon and why okay so i grew up as a runner um i probably started running when i was i guess seriously when i was probably like 13 or something like that and i had i was lucky to have like the world's greatest high school coach and um my sister was a was a uh, a sort of a prodigy runner and and even my older brother I, I joke about it now but he was quite a good runner uh, as well and so I sort of looked up to them they were both older and uh, got into running with them and and that was that was great and just found I was reasonably successful at it through high school and college and college was hard because you know it's just just you're changing your 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 mind is changing things you're interested in is changing and, and all that and um you know, I was reasonably successful at college. And then you finish up college and like, okay, what are you going to do? And I sort of worked for a little bit and then went traveling and sort of found other things that I was interested in. But then came back to running and that was around when I moved to Australia. 
and kept running in Australia and got to a pretty good level. But it's probably going back to the conversation we just had. You know, you start to define your self-worth by running. And mm. it was a slippery slope for me because I had I started I started my career and had a wife and we had a, a you know, apartment and all those sorts of things. And I sort of got to the point where I'm like, you know, I'm really trying hard and running and I was running pretty well. But, you know, where was this going to go? And, and running is such a specific sport. Like, mm. you know, you go on the track, you run, and that's your time. Yeah. And that time equates to who you are. And, all, you know, it's just so linear. Yeah. And I think my mate at the time who I was running with sort of said, why don't you try triathlon? I was like, okay. And I didn't know how to swim. I was terrible. I couldn't make it the length of a pool. So that was an <laughs> adventure. But I found the cycling pretty good. And I just started getting into it, and I sort of realized, hey, you know, this is pretty good because I can kind of get worse at running, but not notice, you know. Um, so I could <laughs> I could get slower in running, but still feel good about the overall result. So it was kind That's of a way to a good way of doing it. Yeah, it was kind <laughs> of a good way to smooth in a smooth landing on getting suckier at running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well played. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was how I sort of got into it, and then I think I probably stuck with it because of that same thing. That some years I'm running really well, or some years I'm biking really well, or some yeah. years I'm swimming really well, and you know I try to be a positive, optimistic person, and so you focus on the stuff you're doing well at, and don't worry too much about the other shit. You know? Yeah, mm. exactly. Can I swear on this podcast? <clears throat> um, I mean, I have to change it now. To explicit. Uh, so if you change it to explicit, can I just go hog wild on the road? <laughs> Don't hold back. All right, I'm, I'm not it. stopping I'm you. <laughs> so can you tell me more about the running and like maybe through high school and into college? So did you do? Did you go to Penn State with a scholarship for yes, running? Yes. Yeah. So I went to Penn State. So in high school, I was a I was a good high school runner. Um, for America at that time. I think they've gotten a bit faster these days, so I won't tell you my times because you go and compare them with high school athletes these days. Now you have to tell me. Faster. No, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was a good runner, and, and I got picked up on the sort of scholarship circuit. And um, How does that happen? What does that even mean? <laughs> so, well, back then, I think it's changed a bit now, and, mm-hmm. and I don't really know, although my sister's a coach over there. She actually coaches the high school team that I... I went to. That's um, cool. Uh, I, and I think my old coach still sort of helps her out a bit. But um, basically, the colleges kind of look at your times, and you go to the nationals, and they see you, uh, and they, you know, and then they try to recruit you if they think you're good enough. And so you go on. We, used, you know, you get go on visits to different colleges, and they sort of take you around, and then they offer you, if you're good enough, they'll offer you a scholarship, or something like that, and. And you decide where you want to go. And I pretty much, so my senior year, so I, I was kind of lucky. I, my first year of high school, I was kind of ordinary because I was still young and small and that, and I just sort of grew every year. So the kids that were kicking my ass first year that didn't even know who I was the second year, I was like, Hey, you know, who's this kid? And then third year I'm beating them. And then fourth year I'm, 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 you know, way ahead. And, 
so I sort of grew really well over that period. So my senior year was a good year and um, got recruited by a couple different universities. Penn State was sort of my favorite, I guess. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because the only reason I went to Penn State is because of running. Like, I didn't know really? what programs they had. I didn't care about <laughs> academics. I had no idea what I was going to study. What um, did you study? Well, I studied environmental engineering, which was kind of funny because I remember like the first couple days I was there, they asked me what I wanted to study and uh, and they said, How's, how about this one? Because, you know, I did okay in math and science. They're like, oh, how about engineering? Okay. And they're like, oh, civil engineering. So you build bridges. I don't want to build bridges and electrical <laughs> engineering. I'm like, oh, no, I don't understand circuitry. Environmental engineering. Yeah, it's got environmental. Okay. Yeah, right. What the hell? And I remember... All through my collegiate years, I'm like, oh, I, I must go and change my major. Because <laughs> really? I, yeah. And I had a million different ideas of what I wanted to do. I was just too lazy to walk down to the building and go get it changed. <laughs> so I ended up graduating with oh environmental engineering. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I was for a little while I wanted to do this and then I was going to do this. I'm like, oh, yeah, business. Oh, I'm going to do that. Or, oh, no, I want to be, you know, into, you know, Greek history or some shit like that. And, <laughs> Okay, I just I've got to get down to the building and I got to go change it, and I just was too lazy to do that because I was so tired from running uh, <laughs> that I couldn't couldn't be asked to go down there. So yeah, so I ended up graduating with environmental engineering. But the first two years was I just ran, you know, and I didn't care about school much. I did okay, yeah, but I we probably skipped a lot more classes than we actually went to, and yeah. um, all my mates were runners, and we had a great time, and. We were a good team then, and and we were having a lot of success. So, running was just the only reason I was there. Later on, you know, my later years at uni, I probably knuckled down a bit and, and got work done. But for a while, it was just running, and it, it was a lot of fun. But it was it was hard, you know. I think about uh, the training we used to do, and we had sort of an old school coach who it was like, if you weren't eating nails for breakfast, you weren't working hard enough, you know, and, oh. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, I, I can still think of times where it was, it was really difficult, you know, and I wasn't a guy who got injured very often. So I, I rarely got injured. And, um, and I was good enough to be on the, the sort of A team, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was just, training week in week out and other guys might get injured and have a week or two off or a season off and I just remember I just never got injured till till the end of my career at Penn State I did but and I think that in a funny way that was probably a curse because yeah. I probably needed those breaks that yeah. an injury brings so I would just get you know there were times where I'd race really really well but I I think looking back I was probably over overtrained so what was the schedule like? Well, we would basically, um, so we'd run twice a day, five days a week. So you might do five or 10K in the morning, just on your own. And then the afternoons you do your workouts. And uh, we used to be, so for track season, say, for example, we used to be on the track Monday evenings and we do, I can't remember specifically, but it might be like 10 by 400 or 15 by 400 pretty much flat out then Tuesdays you'd it end up being a hard run because you'd be you'd have 40 guys 
and one of them was bound to feel good on that day. Mm. And so once one person starts going, the rest just follow. And the one bastard who felt good that day dragged 39 other poor bastards along with him. <laughs> um, so you'd end up flogging yourself then. And then Wednesday'd come, you'd be back on the track. And then Thursday, Friday, you'd usually race on Saturday. And you might do a couple races come track season. So you might you know, do a relay and a 5K or whatever. Uh-huh. And then Sundays was usually like a long run. And then you'd do it all over again the next week. And Wow. You know, you'd get up to, yeah, like 100-mile weeks were pretty common for a lot of us. Oh, my God. Um, and just week in, week out. And I think that, yeah, I mean, I'd say it, there were times where I was just burned out. Yeah. You know, for sure. What was your preferred distance? So I was mostly a 5K guy on the track. And mm. I was I did a cross-country, but I probably preferred the track a bit better. More of like a rhythm runner, cross-country okay. Uh, you know, sort of broke my rhythm a bit. So it's probably a better track runner, but uh, I still like cross country. I probably like cross country better, but um, so I was more of a 5K. I wished I'd run more miles and 1500s in college uh, because I think I probably needed that speed, but I okay. mostly ended up a 5K runner. And what were your goals? Like, what maybe even back in high school before you got to college? Did you realize, was there a moment of being like, yeah, I could make it as a runner? Or you were just like, I'm just going to go down this track? Yeah, you know, it's a good question because um, I never really thought that far ahead, I Mm -hmm. guess. You know, I just kind of, I enjoyed running. I was pretty good at it. Uh, My sister and my brother and my father and my mom, you know, they enjoyed being a part of it. My coach in high school was a good coach and... And it was just kind of the world you were in. I don't, I I remember wanting to go to the Olympics and all that sort of stuff, which is natural, but I never really thought too far ahead. You know, if someone asked me when I was maybe in the 11th grade, you know, do you want to be a professional runner? Probably would have said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, that's kind of cool. But I guess I was just worrying about the next race. I never really thought that far ahead. Even in college, I probably never really thought that far ahead. Yeah, okay. Um, so if if you ask me, you know, did I have any long-term goals as a runner, probably nothing more than the average kid who wants to make the Olympics. But I guess I never mapped out a path for myself to get to the Olympics. It was really just about, okay, get through high school. Okay, I'm going to college. I got a scholarship. Okay, run through college, see where you end up. And by the end of college, I was pretty cooked. So I wasn't going to sort of push on. Do you think that was a hindrance to getting to the Olympics in not having a longer term vision? Um, Well, probably yes. The short answer is probably yes. But I suppose during that period, you know, there there started to become a a recognition that, you know, if I wanted to get to that level, you know, was I capable of getting to that level? I I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know. I was still, I mean, even in the 5K, which was my best, you know, I was probably a, a minute off of even being a qualifying for the Olympic trials, you know, I was still, okay. you know, uh, a, a, a little ways, it, a minute doesn't sound like a lot, but at that level, a minute is a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, I guess probably at some point it just sunk in that, geez, if I wanted to get to that next level, it meant a lot more work and a professional career as a runner and I guess when I graduated college I my brother said you want to go to Europe 
and I said, hell yeah, and I worked for six months or whatever, making money to get to Europe with him, and and once that became my goal, that was my goal, and then yeah. travel became my goal, and you know, my priorities shifted pretty rapidly. Do I regret that? No. You know, I'm, it was great. Good. And here I live in Australia, which is pretty cool, <laughs> you know, except for the bitter cold winters here in Brisbane. Oh, yeah. So much colder than <laughs> yeah. upstate New Seriously. York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different. Yeah, a little. <laughs> okay, so last question. Mm-hmm. And it's the question everyone gets. Okay. But who are your idols? And they don't have to be sports. Oh, that's a good question. You know, I don't really think mm. about that much. Well, I mean... I always like Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister, right up there. Um, I was like, who? <laughs> yeah. Show my age again. <laughs> yeah, show my age. No, I mean, I think... Like, actually, why? Because like, he totally rocked, and um, and he did have big hair, which I wasn't going for big hair, but I thought I'd like to be the kind of guy that would go for big hair, but, uh, and he wore stilettos and, a, and you know... I that thought, is your caper. Well, you know, I'm big into cross-dressing, you know. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, you know, I think idols, I don't know, maybe this sounds a little weird, but there isn't any sort of one person that I sort of aspire to other than, you know, like my father and my big brother. I sort of looked up to him a lot growing up, um, high school coach, you know, certain elements of those, of, of that, but it's probably more just there's certain things about certain people that I, I really like. Mm-hmm. And, but I wouldn't necessarily take them all. Like, I mean, Eddie Van Halen, he's a real good guitar player. I'd, I'd probably take that, but he sounds like he's a bit of a nut job otherwise. So, you know, I'll take the guitar playing. With You've the, got to take the crazy the with the genius. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, um, you know, anybody who, I guess, for me, I try to be a real sort of balanced dude. And so I, I, I never really, you know, I mean, I joke about Dee Snyder, but I never, you know, want to be famous or whatever. Um, you just kind of look up to people who can just kind of tick along every day, you know, sort of the diesel engine, you know. Yeah. I want to be a diesel engine. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to be a turbocharged, supercharged Lamborghini. I just a diesel engine that kind of. You know, when it's got to go up a hill, it's going to get up the top of that hill. It might, you know, it's, you know, uh, where the Lamborghini's going to break down. I'm going to get to the top of that goddamn hill. So, yeah, you know, I, I guess I look up to people who can just stay consistent and steady and kind of balanced. That's a good lesson. Yeah. You know, I'm you, going to take away from that. Yeah. <laughs> Stop looking engine. at Lamborghini. That's right. That's right. Good old, you know diesel mercedes from 1983 still kicking along (laughs) but i mean the downside of that is sometimes you lose the magic a bit you know like you you do want to surprise yourself at different times but um but people who can who can do that well and just kind of tick along day to day don't get too high don't get too low yeah um i think that's that's what i sort of aspire to be yeah my dad my dad i guess is a lot like that my grandfather and my brother, you know, those sorts of people probably as much as anything tick along and the next day comes around and have a smile on your face and try to find joy in the little things and don't get too excited. And well, I guess I do get a little bit excited because you did bring over birthday cake M&M. <laughs> I got a little excited on that, but you know, 
I just know what you like. That's right. The little things. Yeah. Little chocolate sugary things. That's right. Keep you ticking along. Exactly. Keep you ticking along. Well, that's it, Jamie. That's it. It wasn't too bad, was it? No, that was pretty good. I... I'm not sure I gave you any real kernels of wisdom there, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. What was his name? D. D. Snyder. Is that what <laughs> yeah. you got out of the that's whole thing? That's what I got out of it. All right. All right. <laughs> well, if that's the can't only his thing name, but... <laughs> your listeners can get out of it, go and do yourself a favor and go listen to Twisted Sister. In fact, go watch the video on YouTube because, you know, <laughs> that was my jam back in the day. It's a pretty corny video, but, you know, it rocks. I'll go yeah. check it out. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you, Claire.